Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Corgi Town USA podcast. I'm Candy Kemp. In my lap is Chuckles, the tricolored corgi. He is the spokescork for Corgi Town USA and the president of the Corgi Committee. And also with us, I'm Kat Cohen. And with me on the floor are Digby. He is a Pembroke Welsh and a cardigan corgi, corgi um, with beautiful blue and brown merle eyes and also honorary corgi wigan wigan is an australian cattle dog but for the purposes of this show he becomes a corgi <laughs> he's our honorary corgi that's right so we had a couple weeks ago we had kimberly um with good vibes dogtography and she took some amazing photos of the corgi committee yes and uh, really made little Mortimer shine like a star. Usually Chuckles is the pup assist and he's like, I'm oh, camera, I'm ready. But he was all about the ball that day and Mortimer stepped up to the plate. And yes, and Mortimer was all. Yeah, totally, close up. totally GQ. But she gave us some great tips on um, photographing your pet and yes. taking good pet pictures and what she recommends and kind of some of her process. And so um, that got me to thinking about videos because we've been on TikTok. We have. We've been having a lot of fun with that. Yes. Um, and then you kind of see the thing with TikTok is it's all for anybody who has the app. So you've got anybody from novice to expert. And please excuse Digby in the background. This is a Corgi podcast. Every now and then you'll hear a Corgi opinion or two. Yeah. But you see on TikTok, you see just different kind of varying degrees of people who are good at video and not good at video. And one of my favorite stories to tell is when I hired someone for a while to handle my social media, you could tell that my uh, social media got much better than it is when I do it. But um, that person tells me, well, you know, you're not you're not growing your followers because you have mediocre photos <laughs> on your <laughs> and I was like, well, I know I'm not a photographer. That's why I need help. So right. so anyway, we we meet these people who are kind of awesome at this and give us not only good tips on how to do things ourselves, um, but also just to just hire them and let them do it as well. Absolutely. So, and of course, um, if you're watching, we have a YouTube channel, so we appreciate you liking and subscribing. And most of its content is the Corgi Town podcast, but we are working on getting some better videos on our site. But it got me to thinking, if we're doing this, I have a friend named Harrison who is a film director. And I feel like we should bring him on and talk about this. I think so. Let's bring him on. Hi, Harry. Hello. How Hi. You doing? Oh, not so bad. How are you now? Good. We're good. <laughs> we're covered in dog fur. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Which means we're fabulous. <laughs> Which means we're fabulous. It's our favorite accessory. That's right. <laughs> so tell us, how long, Harrison, have you been a filmmaker? Well, I've been making short films uh, since I was in high school, and that sort of naturally progressed to go into film school and just getting better at what I do. So I made a whole lot of mistakes making short films with a bunch of friends in high school, and that sort of translated over to a more successful, lucrative career as a filmmaker today. Well, that's, you hear Kevin Smith talk about that, how he made clerks on credit cards. Yeah, well, yeah his story is pretty legendary. Yeah, I mean, talking about just sort of that evolution, and I imagine you know mistakes are part of the pro the process. Mm -hmm. That's how we learn. Yeah, I'm still making lots of mistakes with Corgi Town. Most of them is Cat and her opinions. I mean, <laughs> I kid a little bit. 
<laughs> no, I think, I think making mistakes are, are part of, part of that. And, um, in any process. And so I appreciate you sharing that with us. And for those listening, you can look at Harrison's work. He does awesome work with films. It's YouTube Navajo Joe Films. And you have you have a lot of content on your page. I mean, you have years of your, your movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on that channel, I, I, I kind of created that channel specifically for when I was starting to be a better filmmaker. At least well, that's what I thought back then. So the content starts somewhere around my senior year in high school on to like, you know, two months ago when I released another another project of mine. So, but yeah, it's a little under a hundred videos, but we're getting to that hundredth video. Yeah. But I mean, anybody who's, who's, if you're listening, you can go to his page, but if you're watching too, I mean, you can, you can binge watch, you can binge watch the uh, Navajo Joe film series Mm -hmm. because there's a hundred of them on there. Yeah. It burned a few hours. (laughs) So how do you, how did shooting and editing, um, that whole process, I can tell you, I've been doing more of that with this podcast. I've, I've got it set up. You were talking about making mistakes and the evolution of kind of learning what to do. And to me, video editing is, it's a total time suck. You think, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to sit down for two hours and I'm going to cut and edit this this no six hours later i'm like okay (laughs) i'm supposed to be done what happened even if it's simple somehow what's simple ends up being not simple and that's when when things are working correctly (laughs) so in true candy fashion i'm taking a long road to a simple thought here but um what how do you think like the editing filming editing like the entire process that's involved in that how do you do you feel like that made you a better filmmaker and if so how so yeah actually it's funny because um i sort of became uh, like inadvertently became my own teacher uh because you know i say i started making short films like in high school i wanted i say that because i that's when i was digitally editing uh my films i would transfer i would shoot on mini dv tape and capture them digitally and bring them into windows movie maker and you know start doing it that way but before that before i had access to a computer power you know back then um i would actually edit in camera on a hi8 camera so i would shoot the project cut and pretty much just edit in the camera in real time so i didn't have to edit it myself so in a way i was but you know, doing that for like through middle school to when I started editing digitally in, in high school, uh, I kind of inadvertently kind of taught myself how to edit in camera and that sort of translated easily to digital. And then that way, so then obviously my, my, my process was adapted to, to editing in a non-linear editing system. And uh, suddenly I just shot my films uh, the way I would edit them uh before before even editing i would edit in camera shoot it and now that i'm shooting digitally i would shoot what i need and the editing just sort of sprung together because i would be the one to edit and shoot it so it all just sort of fell into place it's not a it's not a traditional way to learn editing but yeah. it's kind of like that whole process of um if you learn to shoot on 35 millimeter photography then it kind of translates easier to shooting digitally because you made all your mistakes on film and you, you pretty much just goes easily to the digital photography. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, are one of those processes more tedious than the other? Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to say it because back then it was just the only way I could edit 
it was just editing while shooting. And then, right. you know, it kind of forced me to learn how to edit. So, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't take that route, but I was like 12, 13. So it's like, I, it's not like I didn't have access to, cause back then God, what were mini DV cameras were like 300, 400 bucks back then or something. Yeah. So yeah, cause that was about 2002, 2001 or something. Well, you gave yourself the baptism by fire. <laughs> yeah, <I> want, basically. <laughs> I want to learn to do this. <laughs> okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Which sometimes is the best way to learn. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, but you went you went to school. Did you go to school specifically for? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. You did. No. Yeah, right after high school, I, I took like a little year hiatus, which is what I like to call my golden age of filmmaking, because that's when I was out of school and had no responsibilities and just created for like a, a year. And then I said, okay, all right. So I think I can learn more. So I ended up uh, attending a now defunct uh, college called Collins College in Tempe. Yeah. It I used years to teach ago. there. You taught there? Really? I, when I first moved out to Arizona 20, almost 26 years ago, uh, I taught art and design because I come from a, a an advertising uh, printing background and, and I taught print and prep and all that stuff when things used to go onto paper and we used to have to shoot plates and many, 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 many eons ago. But yes, wow. I, taught it, I taught it when it was Al Collins College. Oh, and right. Al's name away. Yes. I was today. What a small world. Old, when I learned that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I absolutely loved it because uh, for what all, for everything that I did know, I actually realized I didn't know a lot because the only method of filmmaking that I knew was my method. And not that it was wrong. It got the job right. done. But there was just so much to, to learn and explore and to actually do things right. And I'm never afraid to admit this. I used to be afraid to admit it. But uh, as of I'm, right now, I'm, I'm like, I graduated 10 years ago, so whatever. But up to the point of going to film school a year in, uh, I, I always shot on auto. I didn't know the, the 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 settings for the camera or or you know how to you know set exposure, ISO, shutter speed. I, none of all of that was foreign to me, and well, I learned in film school. So, so there you go. That's mm -hmm. a that's a rabbit hole though. Like yeah, all the quite camera the settings and ugh, I'm so terrible. Yeah, at all of it. I don't have the like. It takes mental patience. You don't have that. Zero. <laughs> but, you know, admittedly, when they first just threw everything at us, this is what ISO is, this is what shutter speed is, this is what, this is what exposure is, the f-stop, I was just sitting there like, you know, broken gears in the in the head. Uh, but uh, much like how I kind of taught myself with the editing, the more and more I did it, the more and more it just became a second nature. Now, right. nowadays, I'm like, oh, okay, here's the setting, here's the sun fair, and boom, you know. Right. So it seems very daunting, but when you take a step back and realize that there's a lot of, a lot of logic to it, it becomes easy. Yeah, it's just, it's like anything. It's just that it's patient. <laughs> you have to have yeah. patience to learn. I have no patience to learn, which is why I don't no. learn things. I don't learn things. Don't no. make me read and learn things. I don't want to learn things. She doesn't want that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so as you do film, you do photography as well. Um, and Harrison has an Instagram page, B-A-H-E photography. And you can see mm -hmm. some of his photography there. Do you want to tell us about some of your background with photography and taking photos? Yeah. Uh, you know, 
you know, I figured filmmaking was there. I figured I might as well jump into photography. You know, film school is what really, you know, taught me much like how I said I didn't really know any manual settings. I was shooting on auto up until film school. Uh, but the photography, um, it's funny because uh, the photography and filmmaking sort of go hand in hand, you know, uh, mainly because, and it's funny because I sort of inadvertently taught myself to get the perfect shot through high school because I would have this really nice little point and shoot Kodak camera. And um, uh, I, I was in marching band, as you may know. And, you know, we did a lot, we, there were a lot of practices. There were a lot of school trips that we went on. So uh, I, and shooting on auto with that thing was uh, taught me pretty much to get the camera and get the angle and shoot. And I feel that sort of, uh, fine-tuned my cinematic sensibilities when it came to film and it also fine-tuned to get that cinematic shot in, in, in a photography sense so mm -hmm. uh you know four years of that you know this there's the art they say that it's a what is it called a cinematic eye and it just yeah, sort of right. happened on accident so i like to explain everything i do as a happy accident to be honest <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah like i i know I, I I hear a lot of I see a lot of comments on on YouTube on my videos of like um well clearly you know the director did this shot because he wanted to represent this character's feeling and I'm just like uh no I just put the camera there so <laughs> you know so that's that's sort of those kind of happy accidents I like but uh uh but yeah no the photography I I, I truly honestly attempted to to try landscape photography and shooting in inanimate objects uh but i just thought that was really boring i i that doesn't mean like landscape photography isn't important i think it is but like for me i just i i put a subject in there and suddenly oh okay now my pictures have come to life so i've been doing photography uh for seven years uh with uh um multiple cameras uh i have actually traveled across the nation and collaborated with a lot of friends from afar uh and up to date awesome. i we have i have uh, collaborated with over 500 uh people across the united states wow so, that's yeah. amazing you've seasoned yourself in a short yeah. time certainly so yeah. Yeah. so do you um how i want to go back just for a second because of the comments mm -hmm. i love this when you hear uh, artists that say that somebody comments on something that they've done and they're like, Oh, I, I see what you're doing here. And the artist is like, cute. That's nice. Thanks for that. Like, how, how do you feel about that? Does that kind of tickle your brain a little bit that people are thinking about in those terms or does it, I mean, it sounds like it surprises you. Yeah, no, it, it, it I think I've gotten over the surprise. I think in the, in the early days when, when I stopped kind of doing, um, cause of course, you know, a, a young person's mind is always filled with, incredibly ridiculous ideas so for me it was a lot of random action and extreme violence you know so not really much for to think about but when we really started doing more dramatic stuff i remember we did a film called requiem and it was about teen suicide and uh even to this day we still get uh, uh comments from people um saying that they're going through something similar or that this film has actually helped them and one of the things that really surprised us was that someone actually did a, a whole breakdown of the whole movie and wow. really and and not ripped it apart but uh, um uh what's the word 
dissected really it. went dissected. I was like, it's not digested. No, <laughs> di dissected it, and we were really surprised. Some some of the some of the points were on par, but uh, most of it was again a happy accident. So, uh, but we found it pretty awesome the fact that people can relate to the projects and um, take. Uh, take something out of it that we didn't intend. That's always a nice thing. Uh, but a majority of the time, they always point out our mistakes, at which point I say, thanks for noticing or caring enough to find it and point it out. So, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, learn and grow, right? Learn and grow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the theme. That's the theme. Yeah. Well, we, when we talked to, to Kimberly, who was on, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, who did, did the photos. We talked a little bit about that cinematic eye, like the, the photography eye, like having an eye for it. And one of my questions for her was, did you feel like you learned more of your skill or if you had the eye from it for it? And her answer was that a little of both, um, you know, kind of like anything in life, like success is 70% effort, but 30% luck or something like that, that it's kind of similar with, right. with, with a trade like this in that it's, you, you need kind of both elements. You need the talent, but you also need kind of the, the work and the research and development into it. Yes. So, and mm -hmm. you were talking about landscape versus having subjects. I personally, and again, sucking as a photographer and videographer and when I try, um, it, to me, I think it's way harder to have a live being, be it a pet, be it a person, mm -hmm. animal, human. I think that's way harder than landscapes. Like there's always skill to all of it. And of course, developing a talent. Um, actually our first guest on the podcast, uh, John Serlin, he's a photographer. Right. Yeah. He has this Corgi's bacon and Aspen, um, but he takes them with him traveling and he's a storm chaser and takes Ooh. these amazing photos. Yeah. Of like these giant tornadoes and just crazy wall clouds and things that you've never seen. I mean, they're, they're it's jaw dropping work. Like I yes. never take it. So I don't want to minimize and say that there's not incredible skill in that. But to me, like just sucking at it, maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's just people who suck at it. Like, <laughs> but when mm -hmm. I, I'm able to take easier, I'm able to take better photos and even videos of things like landscapes than I am of moving beings. I think it's harder just mm -hmm. personally. Yeah, no, the fact that, and it's funny because I, I think it's opposite for me because the fact that someone can make, say, for instance, architecture, uh, really awesome architecture come to life, like as it is, as if it is a living being is an, a feat that I don't think I could ever do, you know? Uh, so uh, it's easy to shoot a subject because, well, they are living. And even if there is a mistake, or they just don't emote properly there's still those moments within those moments that still come out great you know I, I was I find that at least the, the you know I think the word is candid you know yeah. the moments where the model is being candid and not posing is my absolute favorite kind of photography and that's what I always try to implement uh, even though they don't they just they still pose and I'm like okay but the moments where they don't know I'm shooting are my favorite and um, but no, I, I have, that's why I say landscape photography is important because it is, at least for me, uh, impossible to to make something that isn't alive look alive. So that's, that's, that's mainly where I'm coming from. Right. That's a good point. That's why I posed the question because that's mm -hmm. just obviously my opinion based on poor skill and experience. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but someone with you who has the, has the skill and has the experience to be able to speak intelligently on that, that's... 
that's amazing. I never thought of it like that. But it cracks me up with the candids because when I get my photo taken, I <laughs> despise my candids because I see I, if I pose, I'm like, that one's okay, whatever. But the candids, I'm like, I look like that. Oh, geez. <laughs> so now when a camera's up, people give me a hard time. They're like, oh, you always have to cheese. I'm like, yeah, because without the cheese, it's bad. <laughs> and I'm looking at a candid of myself. How obnoxious of me sitting next to you on the desk. And I, I think that that one was. You were emoting though. That's why I was emoting. Yeah. So, viewer, <laughs> listener, anyone who can't see, Kat is a TEDx speaker. And this photographer caught her in a moment of, um, in the middle of telling, of performing her TED talk. Um, and so, yeah, that's a candid, but it's, he got, it's emoting. It's that emoting yeah, that, that it, Harrison's it, talking about. Yes. You yeah. were, you were pouring your all into it because it centered around your husband and your loss and that's right and how you recover. Mm -hmm. So before I get too off topic, which I'm really good at doing, um, mm -hmm. how it's not too far off topic, but how would you say, do you have, do you have any experience in, um, photographing or, or taking video of, of pets, animals? Uh, only, uh, once. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a hilarious story because let me first start by saying that uh, probably because of Indiana Jones, I have severe aphidiophobia. So the uh, for for viewers who don't oh, know that, that is. A, yeah, that is a fear of snakes. Ah. Yeah, or and probably anaconda too. Anaconda really did a number on me, but uh, not the song, the movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, but the first animal that I ever photographed. Uh, in a studio setting, uh, uh, a, a model came to me with the, with the concept, and I was really hesitant to do it because, like I said, I have I have a really bad fear of snakes. He wanted to bring in a, a python, uh, his pet python, and you know he was going to be shirtless and it was going to be really sexy. He was going to have the, the snake wrapped around him, and I'm like, okay, that's that's interesting. Okay, so he do a Britney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Long and, before um, Brittany, um, now I can't remember her name, uh, the wife of uh, the Cars lead singer. Rick Ocasek? Rick Ocasek's wife. Which one? He always carried beautiful women and nobody could figure it out because Rick Ocasek is not, <laughs> was not beautiful. Um, but <laughs> he was married to a super, married to a supermodel. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, uh, I don't yeah, remember and her name. And she did uh, that whole, but she was completely naked and the snake was strategically wrapped around her. Was he naked? No, uh, no, just, with, with, just, just shirtless. Just shirtless. shirtless. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, Perfect. but I felt, yeah, I felt if anything, he was channeling his uh, Salma Hayek from from Dust Till Dawn. Ooh. Uh, so because he 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 was Latino, so it was sort of like, oh, okay, I see a theme happening here. But uh, fortunately for me, I had a really really long lens, so I stayed as far away as I could. But I learned something incredibly valuable. Uh, snakes don't like flash photography. So, uh -huh. yeah, uh, so we had to plan around that. We put it on its lowest setting because we realized every time we took a photo, the, the snake would sort of tense up and, and constrict our poor model. And uh, he got bit. That's terrifying. So it was, yeah, Sorry. it was like, okay, all my greatest fears are coming to life here. But, uh, but it was great because, um, again, it was a learning experience. Mm -hmm. And also at the time I, I was uh, making a film called Lust. And ironically, uh, we needed a snake. So I asked the model if we could use 
his pet snake in our film. And then I found it just as difficult to shoot a uh, snake on film than it was photography because the snake never went where we needed it to go because uh, <laughs> we needed it to come because it was a, a dream sequence. You know, the, the, the theme of lust and, and passion being, you know, driven from the original sin. So a snake representing the devil, you know, and all that right. jazz. Right. So it was a very it's simple normal. thing. We just, yeah, we just needed the snake to come over. Oh, the camera's reversed, so I got to I point right here. The snake just had to come over the guy's shoulder. And every time there's like a whole like hour of us trying to get this snake over the shoulder. So I figured, okay, it's clearly not going to go where we need it to go. So we did a simple trick and put the snake right here and then pulled the snake back and I just reversed the footage. So it looks like the snake is oh. coming up. Okay. So that is the uh, first and probably last time I'm ever working <laughs> with an animal, <laughs> at least a snake. Yeah, as I say, the you picked like, you had the hardest one. To, can you even train a snake? Are they trainable? I don't, I don't know. I don't I mean, know. At least like dogs and, you know, they're dogs famous. Dogs are trainable. Famous dogs, Rin Tin Tin. Right. Was a famous mm -hmm. Hollywood dog. Yes. You know, Lassie. Lassie. All the Lassies. Um, Even Flipper. Flipper was a dolphin and it was poor. They're so intelligent, though. They are. They're and so babe. intelligent. Babe. Babe yeah. was very babe intelligent. Yeah. Uh, P.S. I remember the model's name Paulina Poroskova. Oh. Ah. Paulina Poroskova. She, yeah, yeah. She uh, famously did a did a piece with uh, a snake. I wonder if that snake was afraid of the flash photography too. If it's like a snake thing or maybe <laughs> just, it just... might be a snake thing or maybe just might be this individual snakes. I right. didn't really stick around to find out because uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was over that snake. Just not only, not only because it wasn't cooperating, but because I just, because it was a snake. I hate, I, I hate snakes, Jock. I hate them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you live in the desert. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got we're, a few. We have lots of snakes. And how does mm -hmm. Digby around the snakes? Uh, Digby has not seen a snake yet. Uh, Digby is Good. also not snake trained, which uh, frightens me because yeah, me uh, because of where I live here in the desert. I on a do, mountain. On a mountain. Mm -hmm. And I have had rattlesnakes in the backyard. I've had uh, um, I've had gopher snakes here. Gopher is not really going to do much damage, but a rattler will. No thanks. Uh, yeah, no thanks. So, yeah. um, but so you watch him. I watch him, and I have to keep him short leashed. Yeah, in the summertime. He's so. curious fellow. He's a curious fellow. So. Yeah. Gosh, so flash photography. So, um, so you work with snakes. Dogs are a little easier. They're normally yeah. not. Yeah, they're normally not afraid of the flash. Um, but some some tend to be kind of camera shy, mm -hmm. and some aren't. Corgis are typically very social. But what's interesting is like Chuckles here. Chuckles is very, he's kind of a just, he's a narcissist. He's a publicist. He's a little publicist. Mm -hmm. And so if he sees a camera, he's like, oh, it's time for my shot. Okay. But if you, if there's something, a distraction like a ball, he's ball obsessed. Like he won't. So <laughs> yes. when we did our shoot with Mortimer, was the one that was like the star. And he's my little, he was 12 weeks old at the time. So he's <laughs> a baby. And um, Kimberly was blown away because she's like, how is this puppy sitting still and paying attention? And she was just eating it up. And you were talking about <laughs> your, uh, your ability to just, if you overthought the shot, it was better for you to just point and click and you got used to what that feels like to get a good shot. That mm -hmm. always floors me with photographers because I, you know, I've definitely done the just point, click, whatever. And, it's never good. Um, so I've put a lot of thought into it and then it's still not really that great. So, but 
maybe that's the patient's thing. But it's just so funny to me because the dogs will will react differently. Yes. Um, and some of them are afraid of other things that others aren't. Now, right. Chuckles is afraid of things above his head. So every time she, if the camera goes above his head, he's like, what is this? And he starts backing up. But if you bring it down lower to his level, he's like, oh, cool. What, what is this? What <laughs> then is he's curious. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I would imagine one challenge to taking video or photos of pets is the individual is yeah each each individual pet probably and 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 how used to them how used to having photographs they are so um you know wigan came uh to me courtesy of yeah uh, and yep. and a friend yes and um and so there are now numerous pictures of wigan around the house wigan is professionally done and wigan is quite the ham if you if you walk around the house and you see the pictures of him he is quite the ham and he's used to getting photographed he's not distractible though no he's not distractible D digby's distractible we did Extremely. it we did the professional shoot with digby and it was whew, oh boy everybody was worn out yeah everybody was worn out we even brought a teenager a friend's son to help with like the treats to try to keep them something to be behind the cat so hey look 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 try to get him even the teenager was like i'm exhausted i'm going to bed <laughs> the young person with all the all of the uh so yeah Anyway, um, I don't yeah. want to take up all your time, Harrison. You're giving us some great information here. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I guess what I would ask you, and I know that you've worked with the snake, but I again, I wanted to bring on um, a professional director and kind of talk about this. And even though the, you, that's not really your background with the pets, what do you have advice for somebody who's wanting to get really good video of their pets? Well, you know, I, I, I guess, we can speak both to uh, you know a novice and both a professional but i think more uh, uh, from 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 a novice point of view um you know even like 5 6 7 years ago i would a lot of people would never say this but considering now that smartphones are becoming just as good if not sometimes better than some dslrs out there yeah. uh yeah there is i, I I mean, unless you are like like my mother, who just technology hates her, and you know, there really is absolutely it's a nearly. I think I think it's impossible to get bad uh, videos of your pets, especially now we have you know the uh, these phones that just. I mean, it is auto mode, you know. So I mean, the, I think the challenge for me, at least, if I'm 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 thinking logically here, would be how fast can you get your phone out to get that moment? Yeah, you know? right. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I I got used to just hitting my my phone button uh, twice, and that opens up the camera just immediately. So okay. that could be a thing. I think it might be different for for um, other phones, but I have a Google Pixel Five. Most of them have settings, though. So that's yeah. good advice, though. Quick, a quick draw. Yeah. Quick draw method. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but you know, for a professional, I mean, even even just a, a learning uh, photographer, if you are using like a DSLR, uh, I for me, I just imagine uh, dogs to be very quick, fun animals that are always on the move, always running, and always happy. You know, so I figured for me that Especially just automatically Morgan. screams. Yeah, for me, that automatically screams uh, a, a high shutter speed, which, okay. of course, that that should translate. That would mean that the higher the shutter speed, uh, the quicker your shutter will open and close. So uh, let's say, for instance, um, I typically shoot 
uh, models at about about one two hundredth of a second, which uh, translated that means if it's lower than that, then you're going to get this kind of blurring effect that you kind of see right here, right? When someone's in motion, you'll see like a nice chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the higher but the higher the shutter speed goes, uh, you'll you'll capture motion in you know the in, in a sharper way. So you'll be able to see yeah. that movement. Yeah. Okay. So for for the, of course that that's tried and true for sports photography. I feel it could be applicable to pet photography. Um okay. unless your pet's a turtle, then shoot whatever <laughs> shutter speed you want. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh but you know, shooting there's shooting pets, oh my goodness. I really think that it is a luck of the draw. Again, a happy accident again because right. half of because you speak of TikTok, and I absolutely love I love TikTok. I don't know what I was all about two years ago, and I said, "What? I'm not going to download TikTok. I'm not a 12 year old kid." But now I'm ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now now I'm obsessed with it, and and especially on YouTube when you see the pet compilations, mm -hmm. and half of those things they probably didn't even tend to capture those, and they did, and now it's an awesome meme. You know, yeah, my favorite, the most. Uh, the most uh, iconic image for memes nowadays, and I think you know this, is the Dogecoin dog. Oh, yeah, everywhere. I was yeah. on a Zoom meeting last week, and somebody <laughs> had that as their virtual background. <laughs> <laughs> so I am, well, that one, it, that one just had to have been timed so perfectly yeah. because the dog had to be in that exact setting and had to look at the camera and give that look. So, you know, you cannot, yeah, exactly. You cannot pose a dog like that. Nope. It has to happen in the moment. So my, I, the lo most logical advice is be quick with your camera, be quick with your phone because those moments are fleeting and you may miss it. So, yeah. and I, again, I'm, I don't come from a, from a pet background, unfortunately, sure. But that just kind of sounds like a pretty awesome rule to begin with. You know, the, the yeah. pets are, are, are random and erratic and awesome. So I feel like almost everything they do could be shootable. Yeah. So, right. I've run yeah, out of always memory. Be on standby. Yeah, I've run out of memory space on uh, computer, like all my laptops, tablets, any phone I've had. I have all these thumb drives laying around. They're full of videos and photos of my dogs. Not even mm. like great ones. They're ones I've taken. <laughs> but I'm like, it's precious to me. It's precious, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I take it and <laughs> and, and fill them it. up. But yeah, the, and I think too, also what I would say, being the novice, you know, expert versus novice, is being patient with the editing because we were talking about how, or I was talking about what a time suck editing can be. But one of my favorite, my favorite uh, accounts to follow on TikTok is Hammy and Olivia. And um, this guy has the, has these two corgis and he overdubs their barking with voices <laughs> and they're really silly voices, but they're just these different little like mini episodes, like baking with Hammy and Olivia. And this last one, he was, he was tanning and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, honey baked ham, dad. Cause I, cause I'm, <laughs> you know, they're just so silly, but it's so fun <laughs> and it comes together and it's so entertaining. And they have, I mean, I think tens of thousands of followers, of course, because it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. But I, I always think TikTok has made it where it's easy, but I don't know if he, I don't know if this person is editing them somewhere and then condensing it to TikTok or vice versa. Cause I've done both. 
um, that yeah. TikTok makes it easy, but these are, these are really, really good. So I think that he, he's doing something with them too. So the other is, is the patience, the yeah. patience and time mm -hmm. it takes to sort of clean it up and piece it together the way you want it to, to look and feel mm -hmm. and sound. Yeah. So. And, and honestly, just, you know, to kind of, kind of leave an, an inspiring message too, is that, um, you know, even 10 years ago, we didn't really have this much access to so much content create uh tools yeah. of content creation right. like you know if you wanted to achieve a cinematic look 10 years ago you had to buy like a three thousand thirty five hundred dollar camera you know yeah. but nowadays i mean it's hollywood in general too has sort of adapted this you know steven soderbergh who directed traffic uh you know a movies like oceans 11 uh yeah. shot a whole movie on a cell on an iphone so, and it was released in cinemas and had a release. So it's like, there is no excuse not to be creating content because almost everything is available to you. Even simple editing to tools like TikTok and rest in peace Vine. I remember that was really fun to work with back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and there's a whole lot, you know, uh, Apple products come with iMovie. Uh, right. It's yeah, like- Yeah, that iMovie is insane. Yeah, there's really, there's really no reason not to create this because there's so much at your fingertips that you wouldn't believe. Like I know, I know that I haven't tried it, but there's an app uh, for, I think it's for all phones where you can take manual control of your camera settings uh, through an app. So it's like, you can yeah. have, yeah. So I'm like, yes. Oh wow. That's, that's amazing. I, so, I actually have that. And that is on what kind of camera do I have? I, I I've got, yeah, I've got, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I have I have a fancy camera. Um, uh -huh. I don't remember what kind of fancy camera I have. Uh, Nikon. I have a Nikon camera, um, mm -hmm. and uh, the only reason why I remember that is the Paul Simon song. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and and yes, I can. I instead of uh, having to set up the camera and then have everybody run and take the group picture, I can just have everybody in the group picture. This, this is the one and only thing I used for. So the Christmas group picture that we have, I can just put it on my camera, on my phone and just mm -hmm. click and, and there you have it. So we don't, yeah. I don't have to run. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. So that, that, that's awesome too. Uh, <laughs> but, and this may discourage you, but the, the, the app basically would make your phone like that expensive camera. So like you would have control over the the, the manual settings, shutter speed, ISO, right. whatever frames per second, especially when you're shooting film on it or video on it. But uh, but no, a lot of stuff like that too. You know, but back in the day, I mean, what you needed to get a self timer, you need to get that little clicker mm -hmm. button. But now it's yep. like, so yep, that was it. Oh, I didn't know you could get an app. Uh oh, now I'm gonna be like yeah. something else, so I can do that badly, like I do everything else with the camera. Well, Harrison, thank you so much. I'm going to, um, again, for those listening, not viewing, I have a banner. If you're watching on YouTube, you can go to Navajo Joe Films and see some of these wonderful films that Harrison makes. And there's also Bahi Photography on Instagram, B-A-H-E, a photography on IG. So Harrison, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for your expert advice and lending us your oh so precious time. We really appreciate it. We hope you have a great evening. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. You have a good night too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> well, did you learn some things? I did. I learned a lot of things. Yeah.
snakes don't like uh, flash photography. I know. I, I know. Well, kind of blows I, my mind. Well, I I had mentioned it on the on the episode that we did. Uh, lions, you cannot have. Yeah. Uh, you can't have mirrors. So if you're photographing lions, um, you cannot have mirrors around because they will see their reflection. They are not vampires. They will see their reflection, and they believe it's another lion, and they will try and attack because we did have one mirror that wasn't covered in the uh, in the place that we were photographing. Oh um, no. Yes, and it was uh, it was a fam uh, famous lion, Arthur the lion, and for those who are older, um if you ever saw the old Dreyfus commercials on TV, very old Dreyfus commercials, there is a lion walking through um the stock market area in in lower Manhattan. Um, uh, and that lion is the one that I had the opportunity to work with and, cool. and he's also the Konica lion. So, uh, the old Konica camera ads, magazine ads, that was the lion. And you there. had a mirror. And yeah, I oops. wasn't, it wasn't my fault. It was the, uh, Garden City Hotel. So, oops. oops. Didn't think about that. No. Well, you know, with corgis, usually they just stop and admire themselves. They do stop and admire that's themselves. What it, that's what mirror. Mortimer does. He will yes. stop and look at himself and then he'll start kissing it that's <laughs> how much he's impressed with his own appearance he is cute though he is adorable yeah my nephew yes well thank you so much for joining us we are here for you every thursday on the corgi town usa podcast please like subscribe share we need all the help we can get we like to support small businesses by having them on the podcast and so the more that you share that that helps them we also yes. um, contribute to a couple of charitable organizations bandits band-aid shade out dm those are all important organizations and we try to get that word out too so anything that you like and subscribe not only are you supporting a small business but you are also supporting some other small businesses and charitable efforts we hope that you enjoy this and we'll see you next week cat candy chuckles digby wicked Signing out, Corgi Town, USA. Bye.